0: Not intoxicated, could not his cool. Kansas City, Texas. This is Slurp Toast, the podcast. Hosted
1: by Bruce and Steve. So we'll see how uh, how this works out.
0: Okay. Well, I think the bigger question for me and all of our listener is, uh, <laughs> is how's your internet connection tonight?
1: Well, that's why I switched to the other one because uh, I think it's... I don't know what's going on, because, I mean, I've got signal all through the house, and that thing just kind of decides, you know, mid-whatever, that it doesn't want to, uh, you know, it's, it's it's acting as its own spam filter. <laughs> I don't like your content. I'm shutting <laughs> it down.
0: <laughs> we don't need that kind of pressure.
1: That's right. No, no, no. no. You don't want to look at that. No,
0: no. We're, not, we're not having any of that tonight. No, no, no. So I can see, uh, see the... Uh... Torture dungeon is visible again.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Free, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the torture storage, John. Yeah, the email right before yours is a Terry Cronin email from Terry. From, well, it's it's a email Terry Cronin's mailing list, but uh, uh, but I I don't know, man. I think the healing is that you know the, his uh, Kickstarter thing. Yeah uh i don't know if it's released yet but it, i mean it seems to be like the longest no it is released he gave me a copy hell i don't know isn't is, isn't that his super team comic
0: thing he was doing i
1: think yeah 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 um yeah it's 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 like a. I, it's not really. I mean, it's sort of an anthology. Not really an anthology because all the stories are supposed to tie together, you know, at, at some point. And uh, and kind of. Um, it's been a while since I've read it. I don't. He's remember. trying to
0: get some of that get in some of that Kingston Kickstarter action. Because Kingston, be- I saw last week, he had another one up and running. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, you know, by he- the way.
0: This is episode 31 of Slurp Toast, a podcast. I should probably get that ID in there uh, before we go too much further into our own. So we got three quarters of the way through. So, Terry, oh, yeah. 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 Hey, this is us, and we do this thing. And uh, yeah, here we are. So, let me do this. Uh...
1: Okay. Okay. Are you the ready to buy goes your. Wild. The crowd Carago's wild. Meet us at Spooky Empire, October 22nd, Orlando, Florida.
0: Who's that? Terry and Michael? No,
1: I think it's just Terry.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, he's in Florida. By the way, we're talking about uh, a couple of guys. Terry Cronin, Terry (laughs) Cronin, and Michael Kingston, a couple of guys we've we've uh, become acquainted with over the years from our previous uh, endeavor, Gonzo Geek. Uh, Terry writes, um, uh, well, he describes them as uh, airplane airplane, novels. Airplane novels, yes. I don't know if that's his word
1: (laughs) for it, but it's
0: It's, it's (laughs) his description, if not his exact words. He writes True. books that are, he says are small enough to be read
1: on a flight. And to test that theory out, I read the one book that one night we were hanging out in the room. <laughs>
0: That's right. Yeah,
1: we, were, we might have been
0: flying, but not on a plane. Um, right. And Michael Kingston, uh, this guy behind the headlock, Headlocked Comics, uh, he's been at it a while. Because we met him like in Arlington uh, at one of the Wizard World's. Uh, yeah. are at the yeah. wrestling show after the Wizard World, so that would have been like 18 years ago, because I think the first one of those was right before you got married and right after I had kids. So it would have been like 18 years ago. Oh, so Michael's God, yeah. been banging that thing for a long time,
1: right? And we keep running at. Well, I've run into run into him here at Kansas at uh, Planet Comic Con the last couple of years, including the last time I saw him. I walked up, I was like, "Hey, man!" He's like, "Oh, hey, Dickhead!" I was like, "Cool, my daughter's here." Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you've told me that before.
1: Uh, and he was
0: probably chagrined but grinning from ear to ear while he yeah, was, yeah, but not really Michael. chagrined.
1: No, 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 he was, no. Uh, not embarrassed at all.
0: Okay, well, he's he's gotten better about it. Then we need to get yeah. both of those guys on here at some point. Um, I'm sure they'd both love to come on here and
1: flog their goods.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah,
1: because I think Terry would pimp the healing, he'd pimp the skin investigator books, uh, the. The, the mysterious pony book, whatever that one was, Unnatural <laughs> Tales
0: with a A I T A L T A I L S. I can't,
1: I can't spell, I am mm-hmm.
0: spellable, spellable.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, there, there's was Tales of the Unnatural or Unknown. And then they had a was.
0: third guy that was doing a, like a black Batman comic for a while at Comic Con with them for a couple of years, and they had the water biffin jimmy drinking guy uh, yeah okay were you
1: there the guy who dressed like alan hale from billigan's island <laughs> yes yes i yes. actually
0: had one of the t-shirts for forever and the printing was on the back which made no sense so it was a great undershirt like it was a oh, black okay. t-shirt yeah uh yeah they have quite a cavalcade of characters they they trot around and mike's always hooking into the uh the wrestling crowd and bringing them i saw some pictures of him at uh New York Comic Con last week, and he had Rob Van Dam and his big bootied wife, or old lady, or whatever she is. And she was she he was smoking a, a big fake blunt and she was shaking her big fat butt. So
1: um Okay then. There you go. Uh, you know how it was kind of funny. I went to my cardiologist today and we got talking about uh big my fat ability- butt. Big fat oh, butts. No, my Billy's actually this will come back. My my Billy Zane story about you know Billy setting me up to, to come to uh the horror show. How much mileage are you
0: getting out of that story, by the way?
1: Yeah, you know, you just had it there in your back pocket. Did you of ever meet anybody famous?
0: <laughs> Billy Zane.
1: Billy Zane. But no, so then I uh I told him about uh we were talking about uh just running into celebrities and you know, because he as a cardiologist, he goes, he's like, you know, I go to all these functions and, you know, my wife doesn't like going because she doesn't know how to talk to people. And I just tell him, you ask them about them and people love to talk about themselves and, and they will do just, it all night long if you give them the opportunity. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, he was talking about he goes uh, this like this one time because I was on a plane coming home from San Diego and this gentleman sits down beside me and he goes, do, do you know who Morris Day is? And I went, wow. Yeah. Morris Day in the motherfucking time yeah and he goes yeah he goes that's who I was sitting next to on the plane he goes super nice guy <laughs> you know and he goes and we just talked about him being on the road and missing his kids soccer games and missing you know events uh, just you know missing out on dad stuff while you know he goes I was in Purple Rain you know and he's like I, I know you're you're Morris Day <laughs> And to, to call back
0: to a previous episode of our podcast, uh, one of our three choices to replace David Lee Roth and Van Halen back in 1985.
1: That's yes, right. It was Morris Day. That's right.
0: Oh, we, oh, we, oh.
1: But then I told him about uh, meeting Kurt Angle because we were talking about how this just, story he, never gets old, by the way. I love this I story. But it was Because he, he's like, he, you know, he's I'm talking in, in just normal everyday stuff and I said that's so funny because my buddy and I ran into like we were at San Diego Comic Con. We get invited to this private toy event, and they're they're doing not so WWE. It was but TNA, TNA
0: Impact, whatever they're called. They're Impact now, I think they were still TNA back then.
1: Anyway, the TNA toys and their action figures, and they they threw together that like little three match, thirty minute. You know, yeah, uh, everybody was dressed like a superhero. Yeah, if
0: I remember, Frankie Kazarian was Captain America.
1: Yeah, 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 and then in the middle of this as we're kind of sitting there having a drink. This guy walks up to it. And he's like, "Hey, how's it going, fellas?" We're like, no, nah, it's going pretty good." Kurt, <laughs> 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 how's it going with you? And he's like, "Oh man, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired." It's like, "Oh yeah, they've been having you do press all day." He goes, "No, nah, man, my family owns a, a what is it, trucking business or what's it, a lumber yard?" I thought it was like a fruit. It was something like produce very, distribution Yeah,
0: it was something very it, out of character or out of his character. Yeah,
1: because yeah, my family owns this business, and I always put in a couple of days every week just to let them know that we're there and that you know to kind of represent the family that I'm not just kind of you know just out there doing stuff. And then, and I go, and it was so funny because then he starts complaining about this match he's got booked with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and, and He's like, can you believe it? They got me in a cage match at a house show. And I go, the Bruce sons of and and bitches don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that's what Bruce and I and Bruce are like. Oh, man, that sucks. What the hell? That's pay-per-view stuff. He's in my right? Yeah, guys. I don't give that away. I go, so he's there. Ditching about kind of the, this awful booking thing then somebody walks up he's like hey kurt man can i get a picture and he like puts the beers down and he just like turns it on he goes yeah buddy come on in here let's do this click oh man a fucking house show <laughs> <laughs> do you
0: still have that picture of me and kurt angle
1: ah uh, probably probably i would
0: love to have that because I... I mean i'm about six inches taller than him but he's about six inches wider than me Oh yeah. It's really kind of mutton Jeffy, if I as I recall correctly.
1: Oh, I will see if I can find that. And I, you can't
0: and you can't come up on Kurt's blind side because his neck is few, so he has to turn his whole body when he talks to you.
1: <laughs> but it was just so fun because it's like, yeah, you're hanging out with this guy. And he, and meanwhile, John planning. was
0: working.
1: Yeah, John is working. <laughs> I, I what up, the morehouse. <laughs> what is it? Some guy was talking to that one girl and he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, he'll get with her. She'll get with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I remember
0: John like because he was speaking of everything. We're doing circle game tonight because he, no, he, he was
1: interviewing brought Van Dam.
0: And Van Dam <laughs> was so stoned we couldn't use anything because he was like he was blurting uh. out like conspiracy theories and racist rants. And then they brought in Mickey James, and John could barely contain himself. And, and that's the one thing and that was like. fair. Because she was better looking in person than she is on TV, and Kurt—that's what Kurt was saying. Yeah, yeah. Man, she, she's fucking better with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she had a she had a uh, an adult picture uh, career prior to joining the wrestling industry. If you okay look, there we go. If you look, but your your in home spam filter may catch that. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: That's my favorite but yeah, button. By so way. that's it. So the Billy Zane story bleeds into the Morris Day story, which bleeds into Kurt Angle. Uh, okay. I so just think it's so funny to see Billy my, my cardiologist to Morris
0: to <laughs> Kurt. That's the weirdest
1: around the horn ever. But you'd have to imagine my my cardiologist, an older white guy, talking about you know I I, I tried to learn that dance, uh, you know and. <laughs> And talking about how he's listening to these herb, urban stations. And I'm sitting there going, so my cardiologist is like into hip hop? This is a little strange to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will still turn that song up as loud as I can stand it when it comes on. I love that song. <laughs> oh, wow. Now I'm going to have to find a drop of uh, Jay and Silent Bob saying, more stay in the motherfucking time. <laughs>
1: oh man oh so, so that was my back. afternoon <laughs> hip-hop cardiologist hip-hop cardiologist and then i'm asking him i go so the next pacemaker i get it's going to be a little one sit right on top of my heart right he goes well that's the goal like go, can you talk to somebody are you are you hooked up there doc can you get to <laughs> when, those people when we get in that arc reactor Oh, <laughs> well, he tells me he goes well Because I know you don't like the size of your. I go. It's like a match. It's like an oversized match. You know, book thing. Is it somewhere between a playing card? Is
0: it Is it outside?
1: No, it's inside.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. I I don't think I've ever seen it.
1: So yeah, I mean I can't anyway. I'm not asking you this robe, so don't worry about it. But anyway, no, it's it's about uh, I don't know two and a half three inches by two. It's a it's a little bit about the size of a business card. Okay. Wait a minute. Hey Steve, do you have a pacemaker on your desk? It's, it's this big. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that should give you and uh oh, and, and like he, about that wide. Oh fun. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so and he was telling me he goes, "Well, you." He goes, "You're lucky you weren't here for the first pacemakers." I go, "I'm not sure I was lucky for the one I got." <laughs> <laughs> But he was telling me that the power plant was so big that they would have to implant them in your abdomen. Oh, dear God. And I was like, oh, shit. And he goes, yeah. He goes, "He goes." They were, they were good size. And they put them down here and then run the wires up and, and stuff. And you're like, what kind of Who Nazi death fuck? doctors are you guys?
0: <laughs> Who came up with that and said,
1: yes, let's put this in humans. Good Lord. I'm pretty sure they're just sitting there with wires in like a cow heart and poking at it and go, okay, look, it's beating. We're, we've got something here. <laughs>
0: well, whenever we zap them with the paddles, it starts back up. What if we could just
1: miniaturize it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe not even miniaturize it, just shove it inside them.
1: I mean, you know, if we can get it down to the size of a softball, I think we're doing all
0: right. There's There's, there's available space in the chest cavity they're not using.
1: Hey, just push the spleen aside. <laughs> so you take it out. You don't even use it.
0: Eh. Take out Dependence. a candy. You
1: got two. There we go. Yeah. Sell <laughs> the one to pay for the face. <laughs> pacemaker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, I think in in that regard, you certainly are lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Because
0: otherwise, that. it would have been. <laughs> Thank you. I love that we drop too. <laughs> so oh let's see. Um, I wrote down some notes. None of them are are fabulous, but uh, let's see here. Um, have you ever read any of the uh, Leaphorn and Chi books? The uh, border cop, the Indian reservation cops. Okay, never mind. No, we'll skip that because uh, I've read I think two, and they both didn't move me.
1: So never mind. Okay. All right. Uh, I did go to Auschwitz last week. Oh, that's right. You were were on
0: on vacation. You had a birthday and you went to Auschwitz. That's a full week. On my birthday. Wow. All right. Tell me more.
1: Oh, you know, you're, you're having a good day. You go to lunch and then you go and, 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 uh, attend this, this, this rather somber moving, uh, disheartening, you know, and go home and go to bed because you're too depressed
0: <laughs> wow it, it's, so we talked about the exhibit a little bit last time now is it like artifacts is it it's what, artifacts tell me, tell me more about it okay i am so legitimately it's, curious
1: it's artifacts and story and the story doesn't begin with the camp it it starts with the rise of of hitler and the nazis
0: okay that makes sense
1: Okay. So, you know, it's World War I is over. Uh, inflation is 18,000% or some ungodly number. The Deutschmark is worthless. Um, the country's in a shambles and the Nazis slowly come to power. And they do so through kind of a mix of intimidation, demagoguery, um, really cool posters, some nifty armbands, some wicked looking flags, uh choreographed rallies. Um and then, oh yeah, uh eugenics has come along. So now they uh turn around and, and blame the Jews for losing World War I that the Jews didn't do their part. And we would have won if these people, these subhuman people hadn't done their part. Uh, basically that laid the 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 foundation for uh persecution, uh putting them into the ghettos, and then ultimately the camps.
0: That is a sad, sad way to send the bir- spend the birthday. It
1: kind of—I mean—it was fascinating. It, there was a couple. I, parts I get that you- part, but still, good grief, man! Oh yeah, no, there's there's parts of the exhibit where you just kind of like, okay, we're turning the sound off on this one. I've oh, heard enough, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, I,
0: I, I, get, I, mean, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, the 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 lead-in, lead-up part probably is fascinating in a geopolitical sense but the actual execution at the end of the story is where i might have to check out
1: well and it's actually it's interesting because it kind of goes unpunished um you know that as they came into power they put their people on the courts and then they used the courts to create a system outside the courts where they could put you know uh Uh, gays uh, political activists political enemies academics the elites whoever they wanted to could shove me in these little tiny off the books camps and uh, they even did a dry run of the holocaust that they went through and they they murdered disabled german citizens wow that and that's where they mastered zyklon b you know yes seventy thousand people before somebody stopped the program and then Hitler said, oh, I didn't know this was going on. I stopped this. And then they just kept on doing it, just quieter. Good lord. It, it truly, what's what's horrifying is that it just was so matter of fact and just sort of, you know. That, the
0: level of buy-in is what's always fascinated and horrified me.
1: That there wasn't, oh. yeah, that they got the public to believe that these people were yeah. worthless. And, yeah it is it it it's it, i mean we're you, running
0: 50 50 right now and it's just
1: like you know that's you get to a point where you're just kind of when you're going through the display you know i'm looking at the the rallies the nazi rallies and go huh all we're missing are a couple flags and some red hats and we're all looking I, uh, out here
0: just before i came in here i was watching a documentary on hbo about uh about the uh storming of the Capitol, and they had uh had people who were on the outside and people who were on the inside. And the ones who are on the inside still don't think they did anything wrong, still are convinced oh, that uh, their cause was righteous and just.
1: That they're and tourists?
0: never going <laughs> to change their minds.
1: Nope, nope. Nope. And
0: I'm sitting there and I literally was having thoughts along those same lines as to what you were talking about while I was watching this. Like, how did we get? And I don't do politics and I don't want to do it here, but I just still am, don't know how we've gotten here. I, I I've lived through the last 53 years, and I don't know when the tipping point was. I have my own thoughts and my own theories, which I will keep to myself. But I just, I, I, I'm amazed by the how like civil discourse you is, went off the rails. Yeah, there's doesn't even exist anymore,
1: and can't exist. It's and not. It's, a, it, yeah, and once you try to have the civil discourse, you know, it's like. Uh, I have had fights with family members over vaccination mandates, right? Right. And and my position has been, because of my position, I've worked with the director of safety at our company to create a healthy workplace, to do the social distancing, to, to make remote work possible, and dealing with the constant changing of direction and guidelines on this stuff to the point where I'm just tired of it. And so when somebody gets in my face and says it's not real, it's a hoax, and all the vaccine is fake, and, and the, you know all the cutesy shit that they pull—oh yeah—from the Facebook School of Medicine, um, <laughs> you know, right? That I, 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 I don't just shut it down. I shut it down with prejudice, and it is just—it it goes from, you know, well, I'm entitled to my own opinion to. Yes, but this isn't an opinion you're stating. you're trying to present it as fact and you're dead fucking wrong. And if you want to push me on this because we're family, I know family circuits uh, secrets, I'll make them public and <laughs> you know I, 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 you want to, you want to call in you know my patriotism into question, go right ahead. I will question everything every life decision you've ever made and you i will put it out there the hard way that's correct i will do, have it, to do it the hard way oh man see and i
0: have a similar perspective but like one step removed because you know my wife is uh, legal counsel she's senior vp of legal whatever the title is but for a travel nursing company Mm -hmm. Um, so she was working in real time as this shit was happening last year, trying to craft policy that reflected what was happening in real time at that moment. (laughs) And yeah. And like, like trying to pivot to the at home workplace, trying to ensure the safety of these thousands of people who are technically employees of this company, but work in the hospitals and I've watched her burn, well, watched maybe generous, but watched her burn so much midnight oil over the last years. I have zero tolerance for it as well, because I know what she's been through trying to keep current, keep, keep the best interests of All the company parties. and the employees. I mean, and that's oh, yeah. been t- tantamount to her for like 20 months now. And,
1: and it just becomes you you, you just get on the short fuse you know we have a we have somebody in in the office who always likes to be the provocateur you know oh and has anybody asked this question and and i i said yeah yeah actually we do and the answer is you know is like mandating vaccines and you know i don't think anybody's asked this question yet I go, it's a workman's comp claim, if that's where you're going with it. He goes, well, I, let me finish my question. I'm like, all right. He goes, has anybody thought if this would be a workman's comp issue if somebody took the vaccine and got sick? And I, in the meeting, I just said, dude, I just fucking said that. I go, if you're not going to do the courtesy of listening, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> Literally. Did you, do you hear the words coming out of my mouth?
1: I, I just said, You know, I, I said, no, man. I, I we actually attended a seminar and and yes, the legal guidelines shifted so much from like week to week, sometimes day to day. Yeah, you know, can you mandate it? And the answer was yes, you totally can, but then you open yourself up to challenges of ADA, some HIPAA questions, um, issues of accommodation. Are you right. ready to fire good people who right. want to take the vaccine? You know, and then and they said, "What you should do is accommodate, but don't mandate." You know,
0: that makes sense, or it made it made sense at the it time. It made sense. I don't think it makes sense anymore.
1: Oh no, and I've I live got in em-
0: Texas, so you know, nothing makes sense.
1: Yeah, and, and we've got employees who, who who you know, in response to me sending an email saying, "Hey, remember as you go out there to." maintain social distancing, wash your hands, wear a mask. And if you get the opportunity to get vaccinated, do so. Okay. That was it. I got this like anti-vax. He found some form that employers are... Required to fill out because the man on the internet said it's the law.
0: The man on the internet would that be Jeeves? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yes, I asked Jeeves. Jeeves said you have to say this. Uh, there's a reason Jeeves is no longer the number one search engine. Dillol. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for playing along with my Ask Jeeves <laughs> reference, by the way. I was,
1: but I mean, you just kind of—it becomes all this noise that you just become. And, and, I mean, it, if and Laura is dealing with the legal stuff. Yeah, she's got to be just at, at this point, kind of saying, you know what? Fuck it, I'm done with it. Nobody gets shots. Let's just play Russian roulette. And whoever <laughs> well, and comes mean, into work, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll pass that that action plan along to her later. Um, I think she's kind of leaning the other way, but at this point, she might be open to negotiation. Uh,
1: you know, the strongest come to work; the weak stay home. It's,
0: it's it is Darwin in in, a, in application.
1: Uh, so yeah, so it, it becomes it just becomes uh, you you just sort of you become you know immune uh, numb to it.
0: I have, I have several times over the last 18 months or so pondered the, the conversations and or arguments I would have had with my mother-in-law when all this started rolling down. As oh, a Jesus. nurse by training and an arch conservative by belief... I have wondered where she would have landed on this. I know she I don't
1: I don't wonder at all. She would uh, I'd, be yeah, right there with Governor she, Abbott. Yeah, you know, yeah. She would bring around have, the invigeron she, truck. She
0: was uh she was a huge Dan Patrick supporter. So I'm pretty sure if Dan said it, she'd have gone along with it. But I, I i keep hoping in the back of my mind, you know, the nurse part would have uh would have raised its head, but I don't know that it would have uh I think it would have got a shout gotten shouted down. And then, because we're in the, then we would have been, I used to work for a medical equipment company, kids, and we'd have been in the position where we had people in the field, and we had patients we had to see, and we had delivery drivers, and we would have had, like, all these universal precautions to take when we brought stuff back. It would have been a fucking nightmare. Oh, did Jesse and even It would have been, the, the philosophical differences alone would have <laughs> been enough for me to blow my fucking brains
1: out. Would have been exhausting on their own, yeah.
0: Yeah, just like. It would have taken six months to get a minimal amount of buy-in. And by then it would have been far too late. So yeah, I've had that I've I've done that scenario in my head a few times. I've gone, oh, this is where we would have been. Okay. We'd have made a fortune <laughs> on gloves and masks up front. Oh um, yeah. Till we couldn't get any more. Um, because when uh, two weeks later, yeah. When that that's variant of the swine flu came through about 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> we had just moved into that big new building. I mean, that big marquee out front. And we couldn't get masks for a few few days. And we got them back in. And they, idiots gave me control of the marquee. <laughs> they gave me the control box for the animated marquee. So I found an animation of a pig flying. That's right. <laughs> and the pig went right across the screen, followed by, masks are back in stock. And <laughs> masks were out of stock by the end of the day. <laughs> let's give bruce the keys to the kingdom and let's see what happens yeah yeah let's
1: yeah let's say
0: it and i was the only one who had it that was it was lived on a hard it lived on its own computer under my desk in my office I was the only one who had access to it. I was still running one.
1: Linux. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one was not on Linux. Uh, it was, but I was the only one. You he, he didn't have I had his hands on the box. I had the box. I had the manual. I had, I was the only one that could work that thing. I had a few fun fun times with it, um, like when, <laughs> like uh, when Hurricane Ike came through and we had the aftermath. I just said honk if you hate Ike for about a week, and like you could hear the cards go by. Whang, 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 whang. Because we were on a major thoroughfare right there in the Med Center. It was oh nice. And you could see it from both sides <laughs> of the intersection. <laughs> I had some fun with that sign. Got in trouble with the city a time or two for it blinking too much. Really? There <laughs> were specific regulations about how long. Something had to a stay mist- on the screen before it could change. Uh-huh. And so like I was having, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was doing the strobe effect and I was like, okay, well they'll come and they'll tell me they have to give me a warning. Once I knew they had to give me a warning before they could cite me. <laughs> okay. Once every six months you'll come by, you'll tell me I need to take it down. I'll take it down. Take it we'll down. start over. Yeah, it's fine.
1: Restart the clock. <laughs> Be a different
0: animation the next time. So Yeah. So last time we started a conversation. Uh, We created our own shared universe for James Bond. They're watching No Time to Kill. The Uh, double over, by the way. Yes, that's what it was. (laughs) And uh, in our subsequent conversations, uh, but since the last podcast, uh, you told me your wife liked the idea.
1: She did because she was arguing for a Paloma movie. And I was arguing for a Felix Leitner Paloma Black Widow type of thing, which which then led to, you know. <laughs>
0: I'm all in favor of as much Paloma on screen as we can get. Let me just say that.
1: And then that led to to the end credit scene from the Felix movie with the the tombstone and and Paloma at the at the gravesite, and then Ralph Fine uh recruiting her into the Avengers. <laughs> It's just the other Avengers. <laughs> the other Avengers, the John Steed, Emma Appeal <laughs> Avengers, which so, worked because so Ralph M- was John Steed. <laughs> because,
0: so M was really a plant for the Avengers and the double Overse this whole time?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Whatever okay. group, they, they all begin with M's. I I was-
0: don't know <laughs> enough about the uh, the Emma the appeal Avengers to know who they're supposed to be affiliated with governmentally or if they're extra governmental. But I love the idea that like you know, John Steed is like planted in in the MI six to uh, to poach uh, agents. I love that idea.
1: Yes. Yeah, that, that's funny. <laughs> and I uh, wanted to say that the who else did they they would work for? Um,
0: well, and that also mm-hmm. gives us the ability to bring uh, Uma Thurman into the fold, and you can tie it into the. You, you can tie it into the kill bill universe, yeah. <laughs> and my peel was a badass, but she was in more of a badass when she got a, a samurai sword. I should know the name of the samurai sword, but I don't remember. It had a name, it had the well, the, the maker, and he had it was a whole thing in the movie. And I can't remember now. That's so, a apparently I'm a Tarantino poster. That's what my son would say because I came cannot, cannot come up with that one tiny fact, okay. It's Horu Hashi, I got it. Alrighty, so so we've managed to tie now together the James Bond universe with the
1: Avengers, and the Tarantino verse. <laughs> and and you know, I, it always amuses me when they 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 like try and link everybody's shit together. Yeah. You know. And then like the star says, "Oh, I did a call back to my other." And it's like, "Oh, look, there's proof it's a shared universe." So, <laughs> you know, it's like the the Mr. Pink exists inside of pulp fiction, you know.
0: Right, right. Well, I saw so, I was watching I watched uh the not the new Halloween movie, but the one the predecessor to that.
1: Oh, the 2016 20 was, or whatever no
0: no no the one from like 2016 it was just called halloween it was also called halloween i was gonna say halloween again but then that could have actually been the title but um <laughs> <laughs> but no it was the one that came out a few years ago uh not the rob zombie ones, not the h2o but there was one did a few years ago and it was essentially essentially they made it a direct sequel to the very first movie and jettisoned everything else
1: oh, okay it wasn't jamie lee curtis in yes and she was okay. like
0: a survivor with post-traumatic stress disorder, blah, all this. It was actually, it was a pretty interesting take on the continuation of one of those mythos. But the point of all this was, as I was watching it, Michael's walking down the street on Halloween and these three kids come kind of just like left side of the frame. And there's three of them and they're wearing the masks from Halloween three, which I I was like, if you don't know, that <laughs> that's just gonna go right by, <laughs> but it was like the pumpkin, the scarecrow, the the pumpkin, the witch, and the skull, like the three shamrock masks from Halloween Three, just <laughs> right behind him, and out the frame they went. I was like, that was well done. I enjoyed that.
1: No, I, I was gonna say, I always thought or always heard that the, the 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 last one before this one, not the Rob Zombie, was actually pretty good. It was. And it, it was. And it was. This one, I've I've seen mixed reviews where. People have thought, oh, it's great. It's great. Other people like It's utter crap.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I've seen both. Um, I'm going to watch it because it's on Peacock now, but I wanted to see the other one first because I wanted Mm -hmm. to at least have a point of reference for it. Because, you know, but it was a really interesting, like I said, by jettisoning everything else, except that first movie, it gave him the ability to go, okay, for the last 40 years, this has been the defining moment in this character's life everything that has been good or bad in her life is related to this. This guy's been institutionalized for 40 years. Okay. Um, so she's gone through two divorces. She lost custody of her kid because she was running, living in this essentially this compound of her own making like, there's one scene where she's got a a shooting range. And by the way, this movie's four year old. So spoiler alerts, I don't care. (laughs) Um, she's got a gun range out on the property and all these mannequins and she's standing up like, you know, in the, in the stand just, and it's, a, um, it's a lever action rifle. And she's like, back, 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 are there we go. <laughs> that may never be more appropriate. Um, but it was, it, but she's like defined by this event. She's prepared for him to come back and ultimately he does. He gives, he breaks out and you know, things go to shit in a hurry um uh, so now she's trying to protect this daughter who she's estranged from played by um lake lively <laughs> no oh hell what's her name uh she was the secretary on arrested development oh judy greer thank you thank you judy greer's her daughter which is, eyes which up is here good michael
1: cast. eyes up here michael <laughs> Which I always like that scene because th- these things are doing this, and you can't help but look. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's the daughter, which I thought was good casting with Jamie Lee Curtis, and then there's a granddaughter who's kind of in like clandestine communication with her crazy grandmother and all this stuff. And and anyway, until Michael comes back into town, and well, you know, it's a Halloween movie, so you know what happens from there. But. There's a showdown in the in the in the house in the bunker in the fortified house where she's going through and like checking the rooms. And every time she clears a room, she's got a button on the wall. She hits it and it drops a gate, so that room's clear. Boom, oh. clear. Boom, clear. So she's like just narrowing down where he can possibly be until she gets him where she wants him. I'm oh. like, it was smart. It was really really smart. And even what made it even more impressive uh, was that the uh, the talent behind the movie, aside from uh, Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis' executive producers, were uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, who you don't necessarily think of as writing. They're smart and their stuff's funny, but you don't think of like
1: yeah, higher, I know.
0: higher, yeah, processes. like uh,
1: what's his face, Jordan Peele. Jordan, yeah. You <laughs> did know. you
0: see the sketch? Speaking of, did you see the sketch on SNL last week?
1: Uh, yeah, it's going to start off as a Prince biopic <laughs> and then turn into a horror movie based on race. Yes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. I read the script and it's it's like a, a racial horror movie. <laughs> oh,
0: <Holy laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Although, was... I, I do like the skit at the end where they're in the bar calling out like improv things for the singer. <laughs> yes. And he's saying, and then Rami Malik is the dancer with just the two little twirling sticks not doing anything <laughs>
0: yes. that was I, I've learned I've come to really appreciate those last sketches I would love to put together a compilation of like all of the last sketches of the, all the time. best of
1: that are just just there me. was one there was one that they did with uh, shit 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 um, they did like one of their parody commercials mm-hmm. with um, ah crap not will ferrell but the other you know will forte will forte right so he's like a guy that who who is people are trying to throw things he's like knocking it all down like he's protecting something from stains and he's knocking it down right and it's just one of those bizarro commercials and he's like in a white bodysuit and he's knocking it down and then like three weeks later they do an end of the night sketch where he's sitting in a bar and a guy goes hey Aren't you that guy the knocking his stuff down? <laughs> wow,
0: I, like, I missed those. That's good. It was like,
1: wow, they did a callback to their own skit. That's hilarious. The one that
0: for, for reasons I don't understand resonates in my house to this day. It's a Will Ferrell one. Um, he's in a bar, and I'm trying to remember who the woman was. I, I think it was either, either it was either Amy Poehler or Kristen Wiig, I think. Uh-huh. And they start talking, and he's. Do you like luxury? <laughs> and like, there's this whole really weird, stilted conversation. Like, they're trying to pick each other up. At, oh, it was Kristen. It was, uh, it was, uh, damn, I'm having trouble with names tonight. Uh, Kate, Kenan? thank you. Yes. They've I, done I, a
1: whole series of those. Like, yes.
0: Kenan's the bartender. Yes. It was diff- this <laughs> you, was different. you giving me
1: the opposite of an erection. <laughs> no,
0: no, that's the opposite. It wasn't those. Those are funny, but this was just like this weird, like, trying to pick each other up but it ended up like one of them was a spy and he was saying all the for catchphr- <laughs> all the passphrases <laughs> <laughs> into and it started with do you like luxury that was the that was the, and and so that that's been a thing in my house ever since I, do you like luxury because uh, he did it in a weird almost british accent and um yeah that would the the end of night sketches on SNL, and they've gotten weirder in the last few years. I feel like it used to be that a lot of them were just throwaways. Now I watch them because they're
1: gonna be weird. And it's I, I think the show in general has been more open to weird. Yes, because like I the Bowen Yang as the Daddy Long Legs, <laughs> and uh, just the one line: What does a Daddy Long Legs eat? And it's so angry and so militant. Boys, boys, boys. <laughs>
0: He is awesome, and Chloe, <laughs> Chloe Finman's Jennifer Coolidge.
1: Oh, that was amazing! Was
0: amazing. I, I, don't looked, know. At Laura and went, I looked at Lauren. I went, "Oh my god, she's nailing it!" I mean, it was the voice. It was the mannerisms. They dressed her up right. It was. <laughs> it was amazing.
1: I like Rami and Pete playing each other.
0: <laughs> Rami is a strange looking dude
1: he is and that's why that one skit where he and that what is it aristotle dude that new guy oh yeah he's doing the singer that sings the same weird song (laughs) and it reminds me of because like there's parts of it because uh frank and i had gone to lunch and there was like this dude at the bar and i was making up stories about people you know at this restaurant bill brasky bill brasky Kind of like that, but I was like, "That looks like a dude at the end of the night who's like singing a song to himself." And I was like, oh, "Will you go home with me tonight?" And I kept doing this. I was doing it in the car, driving back from the restaurant. I just was seeing like some weird lot. I watching that skit, going, "Oh shit, that's what I look like." <laughs> <laughs> But yes, yeah, so Rami Malek with just the little sticks. And, <laughs> and you know, there's always the stories
0: about, Lauren wants to know how you feel about wigs when he interviews anybody. And I've gotten, the more of those stories I've heard, the more aware I've become of the sheer quantity of wig work on that show, <laughs> and the damn fine wig work that they do. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's just, yeah. And uh, and I I I. I used to despise Colin Jost just on principle, but I've learned to really appreciate his weekend update. The best thing they ever did for him was giving him Che to feed off of. Like, of who, oh my yes. God, those guys are, are easily one of the best teams of all time at this point. And, uh,
1: the, the holiday when they give <laughs> each other the gifts. Oh yeah. <laughs> the oh, jokes that, that they is, haven't seen before. That is before. My <laughs> absolute favorite.
0: absolute <laughs> like the, the Christmas break in the last show, I'm like, I'm, I'm Watch the update live because I want to see how, how badly bad it is. <laughs> they brutalize Joast. And they will. Over and over and over I, I again. I just
1: like Che, the other the, the last one, he's like, As you know what I say? Don't all lives matter.
0: <laughs> che, man, Che is something.
1: Uh, what was is, it? There was something that was so white. <laughs> its favorite performer on Saturday Night Live was Colin. <laughs> The paint, the paint, the paint, the paint, so white. its favorite. Performer. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> oh shit! I like that. He's like, "Here's an actual email from Michael to me. What's up, honky?" <laughs> and you know it was real.
0: <laughs> I had no question, no doubt in my mind, it was real.
1: I <laughs> should have got you instead of Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> oh god!
0: Wow. Yeah, those two guys are really great together. I, I mean. I that's a good pairing. It really is. It really is. It really is. I think the problem was what the problem I had with Joost when he first started was he was doing a watered down Seth Meyers. Yes. And it was clear not working. It it wasn't. (laughs) And then I thought he was okay with Cecily Strong. wasn't great, but it was better. But then when it became Che, he became,
1: and they they're like so aware of the audience reaction. And I think it's funny that they just so are laughing at each other's jokes. And, you know, Che is like heckling the audience.
0: It's <laughs> the one episode where he just started drinking.
1: Yes, that was <laughs> where they are on the. He goes, it
0: doesn't even matter. We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. It was early in the COVID and he just. All of all them. All <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he is the key to Colin Joe's success. I, I hope he. You know, I, I have a feeling that some nights when he's with Scarlet, he screams out Shay. I'm not sure.
1: Or that she does, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was like Pete Davidson teasing me because, you know, I, I masturbate to the, you and just thinking of you and Charlotte to Scarlet together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. So what else do we want to talk about? Oh, God, I don't know. Have you ever read American Flag, the Howard Shaken book?
1: Oh, very long time ago. Yeah. See, I never read it's it. Like I'm, a, I'm reading it right now. It's like an it's the oversexualized Blackbirds kind of series, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it, like he did that in the early '80s, and then they actually let him do the Blackhawks. Blackhawks. And Hawks, it, was like, it. it was like it was like because I think I was the first like, I read the Blackhawk series. And I'm like, I what the hell is happening? Now I'm reading this. I'm like, oh. This was his test run for Blackhawk, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's funny because just I mean, as with a lot of those uh, books from the '80s with the with the political bent, it's a little stilted. I mean, it's like you know how Watchmen has the very '80s sensibility. This is from the early '80s, so it's even more stilted. Okay, <laughs> and, and, it,
1: and and more obvious,
0: yeah. And Shaken's layouts hurt my eyes sometimes. I won't lie. There's, they're awfully busy sometimes. Sometimes they're clean and crisp and awesome. And sometimes time, um, yeah. my eyeballs bleed.
1: I get you. I, I get that. It's you know, like, Chicken did the Micronauts for a while.
0: Did he? Like art or story or art. both?
1: He did art. No. I think it was Bill I'd be Mantlo. curious to
0: see <laughs> Chaykin writing the Micronauts.
1: No, no, no. it was Bill. <laughs> Bill Manlow was, was writing it. Uh, I think he wrote it through almost the whole series.
0: Yeah, I feel like that sounds right.
1: Yeah, and yeah, to really take it back to a you know the land before time, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Micronauts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? It's what we want to talk about. It's our show. We talk whatever the fuck we want to.
1: But you know, actually, in the kind—I mean, here the artist that worked on Micronauts was Michael Golden. Okay, got it started. You had Pat Broderick uh, came in before he went all uh bernie wrightson and you know
0: <laughs> you never go full rights you never go
1: the full rights and it's just frankenstein and tiny little lines everywhere very very detailed everything's coming out of water um <laughs> uh howard chaykin was on that book uh crap who else did it um gil kane did wow, really did some yeah gil kane wow speaking uh, of jackson 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 uh yeah, Geese, Geese, Geese Jack, Jackson, Geese, Geese Jacks, or whatever. Yeah, he was the artist. Liked there the st- I
0: liked his style a lot. I did too. Did and did every some- now and again,
1: they let Al Milgram destroy an episode.
0: <laughs> you know. Al Milgram destroys an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
1: can smell the wheels turning, can't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, that was
1: one of those things. Once I learned the role of like the inkers and the artists, you know, and all of a sudden you see John Byrne inked by Terry Austin. And then you realize that it was it, that there was a lot of John Byrne was Terry Austin, especially if you see Terry Austin's work on the Batman series with I don't remember the artist's name, but he inked somebody that looked a lot. And it ended up having that real X Men clean ink
0: yeah book. i know this i know what you're talking about i can't remember who it was either but i know i could visualize the i could see uh, it. yeah yeah <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: and so so then once you learn then you can look at a book and say oh yeah cool it's drawn by bill sinkevich and then you see ink by alan milgram and it's just muddled and heavy and and <clears throat> And I know there are people who thought he was a great guy in the industry and all that, and maybe he was. But I always thought that if I saw his name as an inker, <sighs> see, I never went as deep as inker.
0: But I can see where that would have been. No, I mean it makes sense that that was something we're looking at because I think that's like how our 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 uh, our sensibilities differ a little bit. There, um, I was always like, who's writing and who's draw who's who's drawing. And okay, I, I'd honestly say I've never looked at an ink credit. I can't remember ever doing that. Um, I'm, I'm very basic in my needs. Um, <laughs> it's on many <laughs> levels. I, but it's funny because I meant to bring this up last time and I forgot. But in my continuing quest to, for whatever reason, read everything Jack Kirby ever wrote. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but I am. Uh, I've got my hands on a copy of OMAC. Oh, okay. Uh, First, I think it's only the, the only seven issues. And it is uh, more of that 70s Kirby. I'm scared of the future. I don't understand what's happening in the world around me.
1: Um, <laughs> Who are these people trying to what is a conservative ship?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it, there was some prescient pieces of it like, okay, he saw that, but it's it's as i've said before on this podcast as a writer he's a hell of an artist and uh-huh. the visuals continue to just blow my mind sometimes and sometimes they're just so flat
1: yeah i uh i follow a jack kirby art um yeah so does our instagram, podcast. Account. So does instagram our podcast. account
0: Huh? so does our podcast oh yeah yeah
1: no, but an Instagram account, and and um, <clears throat> yes, there are times where the art is just crackling with the Kirby energy, and then other times it looks like it was you know inked by Alan Milgram. <laughs> well,
0: and I and the thought I had as I was looking at some of it, I'm like, we joke, we berate, we belittle Rob Liefeld for his figures and his lack of feet, but some yes. of the but some of the poses Kirby puts his guys in are no better yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, it's it's apples and oranges in all honesty but just like some of the contorted like perspective poses that carby drew i'm
1: like oh yeah they are it look wickedly... like sometimes
0: they look like like color forms where he stuck them on a page <laughs> and sometimes yeah. it's revolutionary but there are those times when it's just like you'll go from, oh, this is really cool. Oh, that just cl- it like clangs. It's so awkward sometimes.
1: Marshall Rogers, by the way, I believe is the pe- the Batman penciler I'm thinking of. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that's
0: okay. No, that's fine. Um, So yeah, I've been, I, I gotta be getting close to the end of it. Jack Kirby wrote this. I have to be. <laughs> For the love of God, I need to be. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do a search. I've gotten through all of the Fourth World. I've gotten through all of the Eternals. I've gotten through Omac now. Uh, I think there's like I think there's like a demon series he wrote, and I'm not sure I can handle twelve issues of. Etrigan. Oh man,
1: that would be yeah, because that's twelve issues of bad rhyme. Bad yeah, and... yeah. Yeah. And that blocky, you know, hand, the the, the Kirby pose. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lots of a lot of Edrigan reaching (laughs) it. Like (laughs) he's (laughs) Dr. (laughs) T.
1: Yes, that's the one we're talking
0: about. Shit. So now I've just uh, I've denigrated Jack Kirby on air and I'm probably
1: going to get hate mail. Ah, uh, he's dead. It's cool essay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just you know, one man's what, opinion. Though, well, that's the whole thing. I, I don't think that you can... I, I, um, I, he can't be above criticism. And, and that's, I think that, that's, that's, that's true. The, you know, because you can look at what he did uh, with Fantastic Four, creating Marvel Universe, and that's all well and good, And then you can look at his later work where he, you know, fought for and got, you know, writing credit and, you know, fine. You're going to be uh, a writer. Then you, you have to take your lumps and you, you have to, I think, uh, I don't want to say that you have to like go out of your way to point it out, but I mean, if the guy is weak as a writer, you're not being unfair to say so. I think as
0: a, I think as a conceptualist and a creator, even with that stuff that I think his writing is weak on, the concepts he had, he knew what he wanted. It was execution. Yes, you can see he had a big idea. Yes, like with the fourth world stuff, he got he got his legs cut out from under him because of sales, so he didn't get to execute it the way he wanted to. The Eternals at Marvel, the same thing happened. That had to be finished by somebody else later in Thor. Um, it just sales got him. Yeah. Um, people, and and I think it was literary execution that that did him in Mm -hmm. Um, the the industry had shifted in a way that those 60 stories weren't going to sell the high concept he was trying to sell. He needed, he needed someone to elevate the material to his vision.
1: Uh, Yeah, we'll go with that. And I think too, I was reading somewhere about his vision at that time was that comic books were not going to be the ongoing you know anthology <clears throat> you know it wasn't going to be just you know 10 years of batman stories but that they were going to be consumed basically as graphic novels and trade paperbacks uh, again visionary visionary yes and then uh getting back to the visionaries mike gordon howard shakin pat broderick kelly jones, Ooh, I like keith, kelly giffen, jones. keith giffen keith giffen uh, Greg LaRoque uh, and Jackson Keach on the micro mm-hmm. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it was bugging me. I was going to look at it. That's fine. <laughs> so so you've but got no, what? But, seven
0: but, different versions of Baron Carza there? What? I...
1: Yes. And I think <laughs> the, the coolest ones are the Michael Golden and the Kelly Jones. Because Michael Jones had, a, or Michael Golden, actually, Butch Geats was not bad. Kelly Jones had a real, or not, Michael Golden had a real muscular kind of uh, really cool stuff with darks and lights um, and gave him really kind of like a, a muscular bumpy kind of a look. And then Kelly Jones comes along and does make him look like, you know, the, something out of Batman, the vampire series. And So maybe he doesn't have the foot and a half long uh, cowl pieces. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. I uh
0: before I before I watched the documentary before I came out here, I watched the end of the baseball game tonight because we you know we always have to have baseball talk. Yes to oh, Astros. Um and the Astros <laughs> did win guy. game. <laughs> I don't care as long as they win. <laughs> it's fun to watch them beat up Alex Cora too. Um uh, band uh, slams tonight, huh? <laughs> no, they actually got eight innings out of their starter and he gave up one run. Um Who pitched? uh or somebody. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, uh my wife said, What the hell kind of name is that? Dominican, I don't know. Um, don't but the but the, post, or- <laughs> but the post but the game was the best part because they had set up the Fox Sports Analyst booth literally outside of the exit at finway surrounded by plexiglass and their team is you know generic sports guy on the left a-rod big poppy oh, frank thomas so these people all these drug boston fans are filing out and poppy! like oh every time he started talking poppy they cut they let a-rod talk hey the chant turns to a-rod sucks, sucks. a Sucks are, or Yankee or, suck, or, or my favorite was J-Lo, J-Lo, <laughs> J-Lo. These drunk mix are screaming J-Lo at A-Rod. It was beautiful. And like two seconds before it happened, Connor goes, they should be chanting J-Lo. And then no sooner had it left his lips to God's ears, the drunk Boston m- ruffians started chanting it. It was beautiful. And you could tell it was getting to him because his jaw kept getting more and more clenched. And when they got to the J Loke, he was under biting.
1: He <laughs> <It laughs> was hear his weird. bowler's crack.
0: <laughs> <practice. laughs> his little Oop. widow's peak is like pulling back.
1: <laughs> who who sets that up? Does somebody should lose a job over that?
0: Yeah, I don't know <laughs> who's responsible for that, but they need to report to they need to report to management tomorrow. Because, I mean, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, let's let's real quickly go over what worked and what <laughs> didn't work and who won't be here tomorrow. <laughs> let's talk about placement, shall we? Can we find somewhere on the luxury box level for these guys? Because we know
1: this won't happen up there. See, now at Kauffman, they built a booth for them out in the outfield. Okay, And so we had a little bit of grass space behind the fountains and they, they put in the little Fox broadcasting booth and that's where those guys sat. And then when they were done, they could actually sneak in or get into the all-star suites, basically cut right across and now they are kind of protected from drunk ruffians. I mean, uh, they
0: were in their little plastic bubble, but it was open top. So all the sound was coming right over the top into the mics. I mean... <laughs> They, they uh, almost drowned A-Rod out with the A-Rod socks, and I ma- did my heart good.
1: Um, <laughs> but I also think they had the good sense not to send anybody that we would have actively rooted against. I mean. We're from the Midwest. You, we don't do that. Other do than me and the have, White Sox.
0: I mean, I know A-Rod is one of your guys, but, I mean, why do you. Why well, send him to Boston? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Why send A-Rod to Boston? He should
1: be doing something for – he should be doing the remote from Astro Stadium.
0: Or send him to L.A. or Atlanta. I mean, Jesus, those guys are – they may not like him, but they're not bloodthirsty.
1: Actively booing him, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you got to look at shit like that. Come on, Fox.
1: I'm also wondering about the selection of Frank Thomas. Uh, Big hurt. (laughs) it was he got the most i mean discounting fox sports guy on the
0: end because you know you got to have the guy but it, no response to frank thomas at all from anybody I'm like that's you know, what i'm saying i mean, I mean like, you know,
1: if you're not a chicago white Sox fan you don't care about the big hurt
0: yeah i i swear to god i think he made an extends reference in one of his comments um something about going long but um anyway <laughs> He did it with a little smirk. These new
1: his tabs are fantastic, man.
0: <laughs> Put a big hurt on this town tonight. <sighs> Ooh, yeah, there we go. <laughs>
1: oh man, I don't got anything else. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Right. Uh, I did finish. I think finally the twenty-seven styles of my
0: tie. <laughs> <laughs> did you make all twenty-seven? Twenty eight styles of mai tai. Did you you come up with recipes or flavors for all twenty eight? Nah.
1: Steve's (laughs) working with a new mango papaya.
0: I don't know. Steve's working with a new sponsor. He's in (laughs) R and D this week.
1: (laughs) All I'm going to say is that I've got a quote from the designer (laughs) who says, "On the one hand, you want authentic tiki. On the other hand, the." And those are two aesthetics that cannot be reconciled. Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, the sponsor for the new sponsor. Oh, oh. I, I actually was writing the history. And, and. Okay. And here's the thing. Okay. So when I do shit like that, like write the uh-huh. history, I actually read some of the history of what I'm writing about. I believe so that, that 100%. You know, so that you can't like, because I wanted to place, I wanted to place the sponsor in Kansas city because they had a location but the the location i wanted to use <laughs> they didn't actually operate until 1985 which makes me about 20 years too late yeah to you're joke.
0: outside of your wheelhouse for that yeah yep
1: so i, there I used have, to be been, one in
0: lake charles louisiana ah i've stayed at it okay
1: <laughs> do you think they could handle the tiki bar
0: it's louisiana <laughs> they can handle any kind of bar you throw at them
1: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking for a place to put it. It might work.
0: <laughs> As you were working on that, it came, occurred to me that, you know, another one that would be fun to figure out something to do with would be uh, Travel Lodge because they had the, the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Finish this one and then we'll visit s- <laughs> Travel Lodge.
1: Well, this one this one is done. At least the, the logo part you is you say that. No, no, I'm done. I'm done <laughs> okay. because I have I, I I got, it recorded. I had I know, <laughs> yeah, because well you know my, my one trouble spot was the tagline of you know island drinks or whatever, and I finally got 28 flavors of, of my tie. The only reason I had makes in there because I like the 28 makes of my tie. I like the, the, the yeah. rhythm of it.
0: I know, but it was a long.
1: It was yeah, so it had to be 27, 28 styles of of my Thai. Yeah,
0: would be I'm, island
1: dining, free parking. <laughs> free parking
0: is the best. <laughs> so, is it a singular location,
1: or are they franchised to to other facilities? No, it's because it's a it's the history of that uh-uh. that one. It was a singular location. Gotcha. Um, it was a, it was try a proof of concept. Um, okay. That, And and what actually sunk it was the fact that you couldn't really reconcile uh, Tiki with the orange and the blue. (laughs) I'm trying to think, should it be, you know, turquoise Tikis and orange sarongs or. It's all horrible. (coughs) It only works if you're the dolphins in 1970, whatever. So uh, anyway, but I'm going to basically write it that there was a test thing. And even though the concept failed, the uh, the space, the atomic age orange roofed uh, A frame survived as the gate lodge for all their hotel empire. <laughs> I'm so glad I could contribute to the concept. Because <laughs> I thought about it I was like, and I sort of, yeah, I believe that, that we painstakingly recreated the logo from the only survive the only known surviving piece of memorabilia, a matchbook cover. <laughs> sadly all else was lost
0: that's perfect all right we are in the weeds here we are in the weeds and we're just talking to ourselves nobody gets any of this so i'm gonna call it all right. that's the end of episode 31 of slurp toast a podcast until next time kids i'm still bruce
1: i'm still steve
0: and we'll see you the next one have a good Bye. night kids later